Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 179th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Sandy, big weekend for you, right? It was a pretty big weekend, yeah. Um, I ran the popular Brooklyn Half Marathon, popular being the sponsor of the Half Marathon and not just the fact that it's a popular Half Marathon. Where, um, really? yeah. What, what is, what is popular? Popular is a bank, turns out. Uh, I bet, uh, like Carolyn was asking me that question and she goes, let's, let's, let's bet. And I go, how much you want to bet? She goes, let's do 20 bucks. And I was like, okay, what are we oh, betting? God. She goes, what do you think popular is? She goes, I think it's a bank. Oh. And I go, I think it's a tech company. Ooh. And then there you That's go. That's I would have guessed. What if you had me guessed, I would have guessed, I would have done the exact same thing. Tech company. Yeah. So. Last one was Airbnb last year. Yeah. But popularbank.com. There you go. So I, uh, I just paid her 20 bucks for that. Um, but I, yeah, so popular is the, um, the sponsor. 25,000 people finished this year. How uh, many, do you know how many finished last year? I think around the same. Okay. I think it's the most popular half marathon in America. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, 12,995 men finished, 12,351 women finished. Wow. Um, so I am trying to pull up really quickly my results. Now, I can sort of give you the backstory. We, uh, Carolyn made some pasta the night before to help carbo load a little bit. Um, I, I made was about sure. to say, did you carb load last? <laughs> yeah, right. I did make yeah. sure this time around not to uh, eat too much because that's what I had done last time. I ate just a touch too much, and it just made the next morning a little bit harder to uh, – what's it called? Harder to, I guess, poop in the morning. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> – um, is that a is that a is that a frequent occurrence before a race? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Every you want time. I want to get as light as possible and not have sort of like any stomach things that will uh will come up. It's like um, it's funny because as as much as like we avoid these topics in general like discussions, this is something I think that a lot of a lot of like top tier competitors have to think about, and especially with like those ultra marathons when you when you like can't stop to pee every second counts you just pee yourself you just keep going you you use the bathroom as you're going because there's no you know if your body can continue running then you just keep running yeah there's a lot of people um i think i think that's a very uh normal part of race um prep if that makes sense yeah. so anyway so um had really simple pasta and bread we were in bed by like 10 um, cause I had this, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. Uh, race start was at 7. Woke mm -hmm. up at 5. I actually woke up at 4.50, uh, which is fine. And it sort of like started to get going. Um, ate a couple of pieces of bread on my way out and then took the train down, um, from 72nd all the way to Prospect Park. So it was just the, uh, the 2-3 train to 42nd. Normally I would like to take the 2-3 all the way into Brooklyn. Because right at the start of the race, where it's like security clearance and check-in, um, there is a subway exit for the two, three, four, five. 
Unfortunately, the 2-3 is not running this weekend, so I had to transfer from the 2-3 to the Q, which drops me off close, but it was probably like a 15-minute walk in the rain because it was raining all day yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So it was like fif- it was a cold morning and it was a rainy morning. Um, race started. Quick, was it close because of the race? Was it what? Was that was that subway stop close? No, because close of the because race? of weekend repairs. Mm, okay. They're always they're, they're always repairing stuff in the city, so it was just part of yeah. the normal repair routine. I mean, it's it's nice that they do it. You know, it's nice that they keep they maintain it and everything like that. But at the same time, it's a bit yeah. annoying. So especially considering the occasion. So let me tell you uh, something that happened on the train. So. It's like cold in the morning, right? So when a ton of the like it was a packed train at like five thirty, um, with all the runners. So it was nice to get that body heat. <laughs> and then when everyone got off at like Seventh Ave or whatever, and then this one dude walked onto the train, and he's like probably like an older dude, slick back hair, probably like late thirties, early forties, and he was on his phone. And I was like, all right, whatever, like you know. You're, not really taking you into account. I'm sort of listening to my music. There's all these runners everywhere talking. He sits down in a seat next to me because I'm always standing on the train, right? You know what this dude was looking at on his phone? I, if I have to guess based on your reaction, I'm going to go ahead and say porn. He was he was on Pornhub.com. <laughs> but it wasn't Maybe. even like – he wasn't even like watching a video. He like had searched something and was just like scrolling through videos and like looking at the GIFs. Reza, that's I, addiction. <laughs> that has to be addiction. Like, what I, What makes maybe you Maybe he works there. <laughs> maybe he works there. That's Do you know the, where the Pornhub office is? Is it in New York City? I don't, I don't know. You know, he could be uh, He could be a remote employee. He could be, but... You think a remote employee gonna, is actually working, though, at well, 6 o'clock in the morning? And I wouldn't guess that they'd be searching stuff. Like, the only reason that you'd be searching something... Well, that's not true. But I'm like, if he works there and he works on like their search, their search system, he's like, oh, okay, let's see how, let's see how well this search system works. What types of, but that's just not yeah. something you would do on a You're train. You're saying that out loud. You, you get, still believe it? it? No, absolutely not. You, cause no matter how desensitized you get to everything, you are still aware of the, of the, of how it is perceived in public. And so this man just gives no fucks. That's, that's my, uh, that's my analysis. Yeah. He's, I don't think it's I don't addiction. Think he gave, it's it's addiction. addiction and he gives no fucks. Right, I think that's, that's straight up addiction, and the man needs help. Um, so it was just like I kept looking down. I was like, "Are you? You're looking at some pretty graphic gifts right now, bro." Like I wanted to take a photo, but I was like, "I also don't want this on my phone." Um, yeah. Just like that, the, the nonsense on my phone. So, anyways, you should like um, tap on the sh- shoulder and be like, "Sir, you you need help." Yeah, you, you need Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which would be really funny coming from me. And so you know, we made our way through security. Super easy. My friends were already there at the race, and we were going to run together. So the, the three people that I uh, I was sort of knew was running was uh, Greg, uh, who's like the most accomplished runner out of the group. He's in like the double A corral. So he's like uh, basically w- in the prof- semi-professional or like one tier below professional running. And then there was my friend Jason and then my friend Ricky. And Jason and Ricky had – they're traditionally a little bit faster than me, um, but because none of them had done any training, they're like, oh, we'll just run together. We'll keep it easy. So when we had met up in the corral as the race is starting, I basically looked, looked at each of them. I was like, listen, no PRs today. No one's doing anything crazy. We're just going to make our way through 13 miles, and then we're going to go grab some breakfast. And so they were on point. So 
And I thought because we were running together that we would all have like just like headphones off and like not talk, but just you know just headphones off. We're all next to each other. But these two guys had their headphones on. So as I'm crossing the start line, I have my headphones in my pocket. I go, oh, so we're not. Oh, so we're all listening to music. Oh, okay. Um, so I just I had to like struggle to put my headphones back on for the first quarter mile. Um, but I actually a, did. You set up a playlist this time around. No, what I just did was listen to the bracketology, the Kanye West bracketology. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny because you you've you've mentioned in the past that you don't particularly like to run to hip hop because I know the tempo is too high for you. Yeah, but I just figured today I was just gonna keep a certain tempo. And yeah, then, I mean, I guess you did have like people running with you. You had pacers, so you can kind of focus with that. But still, right. I guess mentally it's different. Yeah, I do have a couple of standing um like playlist so in the event that it really comes down to it i can uh i I always have stuff that i can revert back to okay but it was just one of those things where like you know what i'm just going to listen to this it's long enough you know where i can listen to a pre-race post-race all that stuff so we're running and and it's it's the rain is coming down pretty uh consistently it's like more than a drizzle but less than a downpour and the issue is because it's been raining like that for a few hours now there are massive puddles everywhere yeah yeah so there's puddles everywhere people's shoes are soaked um you can only dodge so many puddles before you say sort of like fuck it like i'm just gonna run through this thing because if everyone is trying to dodge then the the traffic in the lane is really weird you know what i mean right so dealing with that and then I realized that like my feet were pretty wet early on, so I was like, you know what? Like, if they're already wet, there's no way they'll become less wet. Uh, so let's just, you know, let's just sort of bang on. And also, after like the first mile, I'm looking, trying to look through my glasses, and they're really fogging up. And I'm like, this is really annoying because like I can feel the heat being trapped by my glasses against my face. And so I just figured, you know what? I'm just gonna take my glasses off and put them in my pocket. So I ran yesterday. 12 out of the 13.1 without glasses on. Wow. Yeah. Just a lot of trust in the road and just sort of seeing what people are doing around me. But it didn't feel like it was too much of a hindrance because I felt like I could still see pretty clearly. It was just obviously everything's a little bit blurry. You know what I mean? Right. I guess it's, I, I guess that sometimes I forget that because, you know, so I wear glasses, but one of my eyes, I only have one bad eye. My other eye is actually 2020 and I wear glasses so that I pretty much don't get a lazy eye out of my right eye. And I kind of forget that other people, when they don't have their glasses on, they can't see. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you took your glasses off. No problem. And then when you say you had to trust the other people, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, he, he can't see without them. Like, he needs them. Most people do. Yeah. So we – I was saying the entire time, like, you know what, dude? Like, we're going to keep things simple and it's just sort of running. And we sort of, you know, post-race, we agreed that, like, it's really hard to run at a specific pace if it's slower than your normal pace, just because yeah. it's, like, hard to to do that without feeling like you're, like, really running really slowly. So let me ask real quick. So when you, your normal pace, like, when you, when you normally run for, yeah. you know, just, you know, in a mor- you do, like, a morning run, you're not, you're obviously not running a half marathon. So you're running, like, what, like, five, six miles, you would say? Yeah. I'm guessing. So when you do that, you're probably running like a, a 7.30 pace? No, 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 no. 7.30 would be like a race day. That's a race. Four okay, miles, so five you're not miler. going out like that. Okay, so, you, no. so what are you doing in the morning then? Like 8.30. Okay. Like I'll, I'll even have some days where I'm running at 9, like just like 
going out there getting the miles in. Okay. Yeah, but I always find I, I'm always I'm sensing that like my first mile is usually one of my slower miles, um, and then I uh, really once I realize like all right, my body's sort of like getting warmed up at this point, then I I can run a little bit faster. Like yesterday, it felt like it took about I want to say it took about like minimum three to four miles to really get my body awake and ready for what it's about to do. Gotcha. Which, like, I used to hear people say that and just not understand what they meant. But now you just realize that your body gets into a certain groove after a while. And the beginning, it just feels like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to finish this race today. I just – I'm not physically prepared for this. But then you do it and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I just had to get my body warmed up for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My first mile, I mean, was at an 8.19 pace, which was pretty decent. I felt good. It was nice and cold out. Um and I felt light, uh, but also funny is because I needed to pee just as I, I basically started across uh, the starting line. I was like, oh, this is great. Um, I kept thinking like, all right, I can, I'm probably at like a 10% bladder right now, but the adrenaline and the anxiety is like really getting me to need to sort of like push out these last few drops. But it's like, you know what? All right, we can hold on to this for a little bit. But every time I drank Gatorade, I was like, well, I'm just adding to the problem now. Right. But I'm not going to not drink Gatorade. You know what I mean? While I'm running. Yeah, so first mile is at 8.19. Second mile is at 8.10. And this is also outside the park. So you're running, like, first you're running sort of around uh, the perimeter of Prospect Park. And then you run into Prospect Park. You do the full loop of Prospect Park like you know. Yep. And then you come right I've out. I've gotten seen allergies last time. Yeah, right. You come right out of Prospect Park. And then you, it's just a long slog out. So we felt really good outside the park. I, we were just bobbing and weaving uh, with the three of us, like in and around uh, other runners. So I felt like we were running at a decent pace, but also speeding up a lot, just like get past people who were like creating like weird log jams. And it wasn't like intentionally on their part. It was just if there's three of us, it's easier for us to like find bigger holes that we just like dip past people. So I think that's what kept up our pace a lot because, you know, mile two was at 810. So we've already shaved off nine seconds. Uh, mile three coming into the starting about to come into the park, I think. Um, you know what? I can actually pull up the map. I feel like that would be easier for me to talk about. Um, yeah, download the course map. Let me just zoom into this real quick. Yeah, so the first mile, second mile. Yeah, as you're coming into the third mile, you're still around the perimeter of the park. So the first 5K, you're not even in the park yet. And the third uh, mile, we brought it down to 756. Um, so we're, we're, we're speeding up. And then with the mile four, as you're starting to enter the park, there's a bit of a hill. So we slow back down to 810. Um, but then it's uh, you can almost sort of view like miles four through six, like a volcano where you come – like there's a – there's an uphill and then it sort of builds into a little bowl, you know, yeah. uh, to like the second aspect of the, of the top hill, but you're not starting from zero. So it's not too bad. And then you fly out of the hill at around uh mile seven, but you know, four and five, we ran mile four, eight, 10 mile five, eight, 11. And then when we started to hit the downhill, we got to eight Oh two. And then from seven to eight, we did seven thirty seven. So we were flying out of the park. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, my, my 5K time, because like they don't track it by per mile for these large races. They do it by like 5K. 
So the first 5K, from start to 5K, was an 8.14 pace. And then the 10K part was 8.11. 10K gets you to like just past 6 miles. And then the 15K is where we got to 7.58. So that was that was a you know a good split so far, let's put it that way. But here's the thing about this race, and you know it. From 7 all the way till like the 20K mark or 12 and a half miles, it's a slow downhill. But right. it's not even like – I mean it's great that it's a slow downhill, but it's so boring, Reza. It's so boring. You're running down Ocean Avenue, mm-hmm. and it's just – I mean I'm looking at the map right now. It's just street after street after street. And I literally yelled out at one point. I was like, I am so bored. I am so bored. And people were laughing and like whatever. But like it's easy. It's like the, simultaneously the easiest and hardest part of the race because it's easy downhill. All the like there's there's no more uphills except the ramp up to the boardwalk. It's the hardest because mentally it's a slog. And this is where mind over matter starts to come into play. And yesterday there were a couple of moments actually on Ocean Avenue where I wanted to stop running. I was like, I Oh, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm, I'm so, I'm like zoned out in a weird place, you know, where I, right. I just, I, I don't feel good right now. And it's not like physically, I don't feel good. It's like mentally, I'm like, I'm, dude, I'm so overrunning right now. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a breather. But then you know, like the second you stop, it's like infinitely harder to get this machine back up and running. Right. So you just, you, you try and like power glide through this thing, but it. It was like that was definitely one of the tougher races I've run recently. I think the distance definitely plays a you know a big part of it because it's thirteen point one miles. But it's not like I haven't run that before, so right. it wasn't like last year. I was like, oh my god, I've you know I need to be able to do this to to make sure I get there and get sub two. But last year I also hurt myself coming out of the park. This year there were no cramps, thank God, like no cramps at all, um, and no physical ailments of any kind. I think, you know, last year with the cramp on the right side, I was like over indexing on my left side. So my left knee started to really hurt. And next thing you know, I'm running at like a 10 minute mile pace. And like, you know, it was really starting to play with uh, the security of when I felt like I was going to hit my goal or not. Yeah. But this year, you know, 15K, we uh, at the 20K mark, we sort of, uh, we brought it back up to 822. So it was a little bit slower, but. You know, from seven when we were talking about how like fast we were going, seven thirty-seven. Mile eight was seven fifty-six, so still pretty fast. And then you can you'll start to see it start to climb up. Mile nine was eight oh seven. Mile ten is eight ten. Mile eleven is eight twenty. Mile twelve is eight twenty-five. And I felt kind of good because in the beginning part of the race, like whenever we were bobbing and weaving, I was the one to push out front first because I just felt really good. I felt like I was really light that day. Right. And I took my first gel. I should have taken my gels at miles four and eight, knowing when they kick in. But today, but like yesterday, I took my first one at six. So it, it took a lot longer to kick in. Um, cause it's not like you take it. It's not like a, a mini pot, you know, where you take it and like a, two seconds later, you have shields again in Fortnite reference. <laughs> you know, it, it does take a second for your body to ingest it and convert it into energy that it can use. Yeah, so that's yeah. why you want to use it like a mile four. So around mile five, you can really start to feel like you know yourself again. But I took it at mile six. I took it at another one at mile ten. So mile ten's a little bit late, 
because next thing you know, one is going to kick in a mile 11 and a half, you know? Mm-hmm. It helps with the final push, but it would have been much nicer to have during those, you know, miles 9 through 11, like a nice set of energy in me. Yeah. Yeah, because by mile, what, by mile uh, 11, we're at 820, mile 12 is 825. And so, oh, like I said, right. So I was pushing through as a for the group earlier in the park. And then, you know, my friends Jay Soul and Ricky would meet up with me, like, you know, like two seconds later. But then along the ocean side, slog, we'll call it, you know, they would push up harder than me. And that would help me motivate. It would motivate me to be like, all right, well, if they push, then you got to follow. There's like a simple rule. I push in the beginning, they followed. So now when they push, I got to follow. So they would really help drag me um, and make sure I didn't really run much slower than i wanted to does that make sense yeah 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 um and then you know i sort of start to i I came back around at the 12 and a half mile mark where i think ocean ave becomes surf ave and then it uh makes that you know that nice right turn and then you start to see like buildings again like besides apartment buildings you start to see like oh we're at the boardwalk you can see the uh the rides in the uh out in the distance and so I started to feel good again, and then we made a turn into uh, the boardwalk, and I was just like yelling, like, guys, final uphill. We got to push. And then once you feel that boardwalk underneath you, you can see the finish line, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, you're, you're pushing as hard as you can. And then they finished literally one second before me, but my final time was 147.15. Um, it's like a 12-minute improvement, I think was what I was saying, over last year. Uh, yeah yesterday um, maybe so you, like 11 minute i want to say it might be like 11 minute and 40 some second because that was 159.04 gotcha gotcha so, so it's 4, like 11 yeah it's like 49 seconds so like 12 11 minutes 49 seconds yeah better so than last year almost improved by a minute per mile which to me is bonkers yeah yeah that was really exciting yeah um so i cool. just thought like you know it was i was fairly confident i was gonna beat my pr of brooklyn last year because brooklyn i was coming in kind of weird like it was also anxiety of never having run one before right and you know i was running it alone so sort of like in my own head i was also hurt in the middle of it like so 159.04 kind of sucks and also whenever i do like my random long runs i'm i'm pretty consistent around like the 155 mark so I was like, all right, well, like, if we're not treating this as anything, and I, tr- uh, and I treat it as, like, a, just another training run, then I'm coming in at 155. That's still a PR for this race, you know? But I remember in Philly, like, really killing myself in Philly because my friend Greg was pushing me that race. <laughs> and it turns out that my time for Philly was 147.24. Oh. So this is the fastest I've ever run a half marathon by nine seconds. So it was like a true PR. You know, I don't know why. Like, I remembered Philly, but at the same time, I kind of forgot Philly or more. I I just, like, forgot that there was a time that you could compete against for Philly. Right. I think it's – and for me, it was tough because when I went to go pick up my bib um, to see my corral, normally I'm in the D corral. And I've been sort of harping on the fact I'm trying to – like, for a long time, I was like, I need to get that D. But now I'm trying to get into the C corral and when they handed me the f corral thing i was like "Mm, i don't know about this what's going on here uh and i sort of made us think about it and they're like no you're fine like there are different corrals for different 
um, races in a sense, like the long race versus the short race. Yeah. So short race, I'm in D, but this one, I'm in F. Uh, but I also was fine with that because I had run a ton of races after the Brooklyn half, uh, last year. And it was just nice to see that, you know, I might be F now, but I hopefully won't be F for the next time I run this thing. And especially now knowing that I had shaved off, like if I was an F corral before, and I just shaved off what eleven minutes and, and change. That's got to move me up. That has to move me up. Yeah. So, um, overall, it was a it was a great day. I, I'd say. Um, after the race, oh dude, this is crazy. After the race, um, the the train we we caught the train right in time, and we were making great time into the train. I didn't feel any, I didn't feel too much soreness. You remember when we were taking the train last year, like how broken of a body I had? Yes. Like not being able to walk upstairs at all. Like today, oh, well, yesterday I was like a little sore while walking up and downstairs, but not, not, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. Um, and then we went to the Smith and Lincoln Center to grab some food. Dude, there must have been something either, either my body like rejecting food, like that heavy food. Cause I basically, cause it was cold and I was wet. And I was like, all right, let me just get like the breakfast pot pie because there's eggs, but it's also like kind of soupy, you know? I, I want something that really warms me up. Dude, I I shit my brains out. Like, <laughs> probably like. So I, I, the first time I shit my brains out was like when I, the second I walked home, I was like, I, Caroline, I gotta use the bathroom. I'll be right back. And that was a good solid 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, that's Where'd you find a bathroom in New York City, like a public restroom? Um, I would actually use my gym membership. To go ah, to the awesome. equinoxes. That's, that's a good look. Yeah, because those are public, quote unquote, but still very nice. Um, especially for what we're uh, paying to use those gyms. Are you they, know what I mean? Like when you say quote unquote public, like anyone could walk in and use them, or you're just saying like no, you know, you, members you can just only. Walk in on the street and find. Right, I can just okay, right. gotcha, gotcha. I walk off the walking off the street, scan yeah. my thing. I'm ready to go. I, and okay. A lot of people use equinoxes for as like a public bathroom. Um, as an additional like perk. Um, so I went home and I was just like, oh my God, that's, I just gave a ba- I just gave birth to a baby. <laughs> and then for some reason, I don't know if it was like the, the brunch, like holdover. I don't know if I was affected by it that quickly, but then like maybe about like an hour later, dude, like I got hit with like that biblical stomach pain. You know, when Kevin Hart goes, you've got 10 seconds to find a bathroom clock starts now. Yeah. Like I felt that and I was like, Oh my God, I, I got to run to the bathroom. And I just like, dude, it just fell right out of me. I have no idea what happened, but I basically lost not only from running, but from shooting my brains out probably like six pounds yesterday. Jeez. Yeah. Feel light as a feather, Reza. <laughs> um, I'm not ready for my weigh in. No. Um, overall though, it was a good race. Uh, happy that I did it. Happy that, you know, today I'm feeling just a little bit sore, but you know, totally can just roll out if necessary. Um, and yeah, I'm going to try and get my metal engraved later. Uh, they do free engravings. Uh, so I'm going to try and do that later this afternoon. Uh, how was your weekend? So my weekend was good. Um, you know, we've been doing a a ton of traveling and right now it's graduation season. So last week we were in LA because of my sister, my sister was graduating from, um, USC for, uh, architecture undergrad Mm -hmm. this week. Uh, my little brother was graduating from med school up in Rochester, Rochester, New York. So he, it is, uh, what's it called? It is graduation season. 
yeah, so he is the first of our of my siblings to uh, complete a doctorate. So I'm super proud wow. of him. I was hoping that that would be me, but he beat you, it's, huh? But I ended up taking too long. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he beat me. So he he is now he's uh, he's Doctor Majub. I'm really I'm really happy for him. Um. So yeah, we my my sister she actually flew into Philly because um, she wanted to come for the for the graduation to be there for him. So she flew into Philly because it was just the cheapest option. I guess you can get a nice and easy direct flight from uh, from L.A. to Philly. So I picked her up on f- uh, Thursday morning, like at 7 a.m. I picked her up from Philly Airport, drove back here. I worked from home, and I actually could have gone into the office because she just slept the whole day. Like we, oh yeah, we got we got back here by like ate something maybe nine at the latest we we ate like we picked up a couple of bagels and then we we ate and she's like i, I don't want to i want to go like take a nap so came upstairs and i was just working and i was working on some stupid thing for work that i've been struggling with all week that i finally figured out and she napped for like a good seven hours <laughs> so i could have easily got have gone into the office right but uh yeah the next day we left uh at like 7 a.m um, Lana, my sister and I, we drove up to, to Rochester. So we just rented a car and drove up. It took about six hours. Lana drove the whole way and got there, checked into the Airbnb. Really awesome place. It was, it was, um, this older couple and it was, it was their in-law suite. Their, the, the, um, the woman that we met, her dad, uh, used to live in there for 20, 26 years. And he passed wow. away. So they, they completely renovated the, the area because she couldn't step foot in there without like breaking down. So they completely like redid the place and they didn't know what to do with it. And then I think their son was like, you guys should do Airbnb. And they had never heard of it. So they checked it out okay. and decided to start doing it. They've been doing it for about a year now. It was a really nice place. Like I really, I really like staying there. Um, and then, but like we weren't even in the, we weren't really in that space very much because we like checked in, took a quick shower, got dressed and then left went to the graduation. The graduation was like two hours. And the whole time I'm there, I'm like, dude, I don't want to go to my graduation. <laughs> That's like all I'm thinking. Like it's long. Um, and I just don't like being the center of attention. The other thing, the other thing though, is that the timing of it could just be highly just off. If that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. well, it probably doesn't make sense. Let me explain it. Um, I'm, if, if everything goes according to my plan, I will be defending my thesis. I'll be, I'll be finishing up. I'm hoping at the end of summer, at the beginning of fall. So that would get, that would mean, you know, I would finish everything in 2018, but the, um, the graduation ceremony for me would be in the winter. And so I could theoretically start working a job or start my next step, this next step of my life, you know, as soon as the day after. I graduate or as soon as the day after I defend my thesis. And so let's say I start working a job. I'm, I could be working that job for like three months and then the graduation ceremony time comes around and then I'm supposed to like walk. Like to me, I, I would have already started the next stage of my life. I'd be like, you know, I just, you know, I don't need to move back. Like I don't, I don't need, I don't need this ceremony to like continue with any, with anything. The timing might not work out in that in my favor on that because of how soon that is, and maybe I do need another like month or two, and therefore it would be a lot closer than uh, like the ceremony would be a lot closer to my actual defense date than I would think. But still, like I don't know, I just don't like being the set the center of attention like that. I don't want people sure. like, to come out for it. I know that certain people would like not just my family, but I know some of my friends would want to come Hell out. Hell yeah, Yaron has mentioned that he wants to come out and I see come out. my the defense of my thesis. Yeah, and, why not? Yeah, just I don't know. I just. 
that's it's not my style i guess um you know all you these just, people you're just all afraid these people fuck are, up in front of us no no it's not even that <laughs> it's really just i don't like being this like he's down but not out he's <laughs> down but not out somebody pick this man up <laughs> by the time you're doing your defense like you you if you're doing your defense and you're actually meeting with your committee you know that you're passing there's there's little there's little reason that you would that you would not pass when you're doing your defense if you've actually met with your committee and like you presented everything. And I told you about the last time that I think I told you about the last time that I met with them on the podcast where it went really well. Like the the, the time that I met with them a year ago was not so good. And I like restated things, I reframed everything, and I was just a lot I think a lot clearer in the way that I was presenting things. In the past, I've been like super I've, I've given these presentations and they're super dense and I only have like an hour to present everything. And I'm trying to present like all this new data that I've generated, but without presenting the context behind the data, it's difficult for them to grasp and understand. And so then I'm presenting this data to them. They're like, I don't quite know where the end is. I don't know where the beginning, middle or end is. It seems like this is the middle. I don't quite, I didn't quite follow why you went here and I don't see an, an end in sight. And therefore I can't really see or say that you're anywhere near being done. And so I reframed everything and, um, and in the same amount of time was just, and without data, like without like significant data was able to present everything. And they were like super impressed. They were like, Oh wow. Like you, you the body of work is like super impressive for, there you go. Shit. And they're like, and, and despite the, the, the first author publications that I have at this time, they were like, you know, with the second author papers that I have because of what I did lead and what I was able to develop, they were, they were like, yeah, I see no problem for you to be able to graduate with what you presented and what you, what you, um, the final project that you want to finish. And so with these types of meetings, you know, as long as you're doing these meetings and you're keeping them in touch, uh, you're, you're keeping in touch with the committee and they're aware of your work, you're not going to be doing a defense and they, and like be on the fence of whether or not you are close, whether or not you will pass or not. That's, that's whether fair. or not you'll pass. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, by that time it's like, okay, really it's a presentation because the general, the, the public is allowed in these, in these meetings. Now you can't make it too basic where you're trying to explain like the, the most basic of concepts to everybody. So that like, let's say you did come, you're not very familiar with my work. You're not a, you're not a biologist. You're not a computational person. How hard can but it you, be? Would, you would, yeah, you would, you'd be able to get cer- certain things. And if you like, if you like hang on like my every word and you don't kind of get distracted at times, you probably will understand most of it. But at the same time, if you're like someone in the field and you come to this presentation, it's going to be like, there will be interesting and new things there, but it's not, you're not going to, I'm not going to be explaining the nitty gritty behind everything of how I got to where I got to because you, I, you're likely doing this presentation in about an hour. And if you do want that nitty gritty details, you can just read the paper. You can read the, like the hundred to 200 some page paper. I would probably be your, your hype man. But yeah, yeah, I mean, what he's saying is so fucking basic. How are you guys not getting this shit? (laughs) So, um, so yeah, uh, but with all that said, I just don't particularly like being the center of attention. The, if people come to my defense that it would be interesting if people came to my defense, because I don't know, it would, I wouldn't particularly have a problem with that, I guess. But I think with the, the graduation, it's like, I don't even really want to go because then people don't even have to feel like they need to come. Like if I don't go, then no one's going to come, but I can't not go because I know my dad really wants to see me graduate. Lena's going to want, like Lena, if when I told Lena that I don't want to go, she's like, you're going. Like there's, there's no question. Like you're going. <laughs> and so I have to go 
not even not not particularly for my own interest, but because of the people closest to me. Um, but other than that, I don't, you know, we'll see, we'll see who else, who else decides to come. But yeah, anyway, anyway, with all that said, uh, it was really good to see Majub graduate. I was really excited for him, really happy for him. He's going to the university of Minnesota to, uh, their, their, um, medical pediatrics program, okay. their med peds program. And so I think the residency for that is four years, if I'm not mistaken. And so he's moving back home today. Like his, his room my parents thought he was going to have more time. So my parents went up. They intended to go up a day earlier than they, than they actually did. So they had like had their hotel room reserved for some time. And then I think they talked to him and figured out like it wasn't really worth it to go up that, that a day. Like they were, so the graduation was Friday. I think they were planning on going up on Tuesday. They decided to go Wednesday instead and, or maybe it was the other day, Thursday instead. Uh, they wanted to go Wednesday. They went Thursday instead. We went Friday and they were going to stay till like midweek this week. But it turns out he has to leave today because somebody's moving into his place tomorrow into his room. They've already leased, they've already rented it out. So he's got to be out today. So he like wow. sold a bunch of his furniture. I'm glad that like, cause the, unlike, unlike my sister, like with the finals and projects and stuff, it was a super stressful time of year and she didn't have time to think about anything related to packing or yeah, yeah, packing and your next step. I mean, in his case, he already knows where he's going to be going to. But he was able to use some of his time because he had a lot more free time than my sister did and like sell furniture, uh, pack some stuff up, get rid of things. And so today, I think he said the only big thing that he has left in his room is his bed and he can't figure, he couldn't figure out what to do with it. He tried to like put it up to see if anyone would want to buy it. But you know how people are with beds, especially nowadays with bed bugs and, and germs and whatnot. Oh God. No one, no one wants to use bed. Creepy crawlies. So, yeah, exactly. So. You got to figure out what to do with it. In most cases, when you don't want to dispose of a bed, you have to pay to have it disposed of. So I'm not quite sure what he's going to, what his final solution is going to be, but, um, he will be driving down with my parents tonight, like separately, of course, but they'll be, they'll be coming down together back home. And then he moves to Minnesota. I can't remember quite when, what I can't remember quite when that is, but it's in this summer, like this summer, he'll be, he'll be moving out to Minnesota. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah, it's just so fast. I think that's the thing that's like kind of crazy to me. Um, in my case, it's like I defend my thesis. I will defend my thesis. And then in most cases, you come back to work the next day and you keep working on stuff because there's, you're not, you know, you, you, when you defend a thesis, you tend to not be completely done with everything. It, you're mostly done, but there's still stuff to do. There's still projects that you might be working on. And so when I finish, I'll probably be coming into work the next day and working on, you know, either some publication that I'm still trying to get done or another project that I happen to be working on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it, it's just like a, it's like a, a bit different. Uh, but so like whenever if, you, if, go, go if, uh, if Majub is going to Minnesota, do you know where your sister's going? She next? doesn't know, like, still, because remember, I, I, I did, I think I mentioned it last week where I thought it was really interesting. Like, not only does she not know, but a lot of other people don't know. That's spoke right. To a lot of That's her classmates. Right. And it's like, oh, what are you guys doing next? And like, oh, I don't know yet. Some of them, some of them are doing like interviews. My sister's boyfriend, he has, he did an internship with, uh, some company some time ago, like a year ago, and they really liked him. And he, he has an interview with them like this week, I think. And, or he had an interview, maybe he has another stage of an interview, but it seems like it's going really well. So in his case, it's working out. My sister's also stated that she thinks that, you know, cause she's done like some undergrad research and she's also done, or I guess 
I don't like to call it undergrad research, but she's worked for some professors. And then she's also worked for a company, I think at some point during an internship. And she felt that she could get a job with those companies, but she doesn't know that that's what she wants to do. And therefore she's going to take some time to think about it because she's not sure that those companies, um, the, a, a job that she can get with those companies would really like fit what she, what she's good at and what she wants to do. So, um, and I think a lot of other people feel like that. It's a lot like there's a science to the, to the architecture, but there's a lot of artistic components to it as well. And a lot of people want to find some type of work that like feeds into that artistic desire that they have. So she's, she's staying in LA for some time, but she needs to move out of her place as well. So she's trying to find a sub, uh, she's trying to get, she's trying to sublease an apartment for the summer so she can work on her portfolio. Uh, and she needs to be able to use the studio to do that. So she'll be using like the campus resources to work on that portfolio, that portfolio. And, uh, yeah, she, she would like to stay in LA, but she, she says that and she wants to work for a year or two. And then she wants to apply to MIT because they have, they have, I don't know if there was one professor that's there or they have a program that, that works that, that has some type of, um, they, they, they are, they have a program that that's, uh, kind of like state of the art that's new and it's exactly what she wants to do. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully she, uh, hopefully that works out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so interesting. It's so different. Like when I was in college, the whole, I, I got, I think it was like this the whole spring semester. People are like, Oh, what are you doing next? Where are you going to be working? Most people had jobs lined up by that point. And I'm probably, I have to imagine it was the same for you. By the time you were graduating, it wasn't like, okay, you know, you're going to figure things out. In most cases, many people already had jobs lined up. Yeah, a lot of people in finance had offers that they had signed already at the beginning of uh, at the end of the summer of uh, the their before. junior year. Oh, wow. Going wow. into senior year, they were basically a lot of them had signed. Wow. So That's senior amazing. year, was, unless you like killed somebody, like, <laughs> you know, or- you're, you're pretty much set. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't really. So that is super early with computer science, at, people, at least at my school. Many of the people were applying for jobs like in the middle of the semester. Some people had already had things lined up from like the winter session because we have like an eight week long winter session. So many people were able to work something out by that point, particularly with particularly people who did internships with these companies. Um, they were just kind of able to reconnect with the people that, that they were working with and be like, yeah, you know, looking for a job. They're like, all right, great. We got you. And that'd be that. But, uh, yeah, this seems to be entirely different. It's like, all right, take your time, figure it out. I don't know. I can't imagine it. I, I'll tell you that much. I can't imagine it because, and I mean, it, it was, it's also different for me because, um, in my case, I lived so close to my, to where my parents lived that had I wanted to do that, I could have just, you know, moved back home. Wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but I, I also was just going straight into grad school. So I had already had most things figured out, but like, right. like two months into the school year or I'm sorry, into this, into this spring semester, I already knew where I'd been accepted and rejected from and, already knew like whose lab I was going to be in. So. Yeah. Um, and then with me, I was in a, I was in a situation where I was working all of my junior summer into my senior year so that I, uh, basically had a job lined up for sure. But I also did a thing where the second I graduated, I was at work the next day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it was just like a, I took a day off on a Wednesday to go to go graduate, be with the family, and then the very next day I was like, all right, back to work. Wow. So I think that also helped, um, sort of 
you get me used to not taking a lot of time off of work whenever I make a transition. Because I've always been like a last day Friday, first day Monday kind of guy. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize that it might be nice to like actually take like a week minimum. Just like do, you know, like just enjoy the city or go somewhere or just like mentally get your get yourself in a place where you can actually recover and recuperate. Um, but I, I do see sort of the, the benefits to both one being more, you know, Hey, let me just regroup real quick and get my mind right. And the other one is just, well, I just don't want my money to, to stop coming in. Right. You know, so, the, so, so they're both, uh, in my mind, they're both valid. Yeah. Um, great. Well, I'm glad that you and I both had some, some pretty, uh, pretty nice weekends then. Yeah. Yeah been good it's good to be home and have like slept as well as i did i did have to take my sister back to the airport this morning so like i woke up at like 4 a.m to drive oh, to the God. airport but came back got a nice like i just have a i'd have my sleep broken up into like four hour segments i got a total of eight i think it was just it was i i feel very refreshed right now like i feel i feel really good right now well good yeah um let's get out of here all right all right sounds good i'm reza cool i'm sandy thanks so much for listening we'll see you guys next week